and welcome. Good morning. It's the 8th of March, International Women's Day. So let's everybody remember to uh, make a toast to all the important women in our lives and a pledge we must uphold in our never-ending quest to reduce discrimination and increase equality for a better planet and society all around. So before we get started, though, I wanted to quickly clarify something that I've mentioned a few times. So my whole intent when starting this podcast, especially because of the subject matter, being autonomous cars and the very real societal, social, practical matters that will be raised in our discussions, I really wanted to make this sort of a two-way street, as it were. I want to encourage uh, feedback, constructive discussion, um, and to do that, uh, it's important that you have an easy way to engage with me and me with you. Uh, well, fortunately, it turns out that the platform I use to record these podcasts on, it's called Anchor.fm. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. Uh, well, it turns out that it makes it very, very easy for us to do precisely that. To be super clear, I don't care where you listen to these podcasts. Um, they're published everywhere. So whether you listen on iTunes podcasts, Google Play, uh, Pocket Cast, Overcast, whatever, it makes no difference to me. All I'm saying is that if you want to take advantage of this suggestion, this offer that I have, that we should really make this a two-way dialogue, then be sure to listen to this podcast on anchor.fm. That will give you the opportunity to leave voice messages with which I can engage directly. So uh, just a heads up there for you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so let's dive in and kind of pick up where we left off yesterday. We were talking about the Geneva Auto Show, which is going on right now in, uh, well, Geneva, obviously. Um, we, uh, let's see, we've just got word that Jaguar have just announced their new first fully electrified offering, the Jaguar I-Pace. Um, this then is going to be a direct competitor to Tesla, really, in just about every sense. It kind of slots in between the models S and X in size, um, and indeed, more or less in performance, too. So let's see here. Um, the, let, let's dive into those performance specs. Uh, what we've got here, then, is um, a four-wheel drive SUV-ish sort of thing. I hate to use the word crossover, but I guess that is indeed what it is. Um, so it's going to... Crank out 395 horses and 512 torques. Um, you know, in an ordinary conventional gasoline-powered world, we would be ooing and eyeing. Those are incredible numbers, obviously, <clears throat> especially the torque figure. But um, as we become accustomed of late, um, for electric cars, this is really no big deal. I mean, it's still mighty impressive. It's just not a big deal. That's the beauty of electricity then. Um, so, as a result of all this oomph, um, the I-Pace is expected to hit 60 miles per hour about a half second quicker than the Model X, 
but about a third of a second slower than the Model S. I mean, if you're the sort of person who counts these kinds of things, okay, maybe this matters to you. Frankly, I think the big takeaway is we're going to have really what I think is the first proper sort of viable competitor to Tesla in the form of this I-Pace. Yes, Chevy has a phenomenal little car with the Bolt. Personally, I love it. I've test-driven it. I think it's absolutely fantastic. It looks and feels like you're, that was about to say, flying around in, but uh, it looks and feels like you're driving around inside of a a little shuttle pod from Star Trek. It's just so cool. But um, in terms of the whole sort of fit, finish, the packaging, um, the size, it, it just, I don't think it's a fair thing to directly compare it to any of the Teslas. So, that's why I think this Jaguar is a really big deal. This is really a fair competitor, so it's a very exciting thing indeed. So those are the performance specs. Let's talk about the practical stuff. How far will it go on a charge, and how fast can you, uh, how fast can you charge it up? So continuing the theme of sort of slotting in between the various Tesla models, this Jaguar will have a 90-kilowatt-hour battery pack. Um, indeed, this slots right up there, right between the lower 75 and upper bound 100 models of the Teslas. So this will give it um, a range of 240 miles. Again, if you're actually counting, okay, that's about three miles further than the stated uh, range of the Model X, about 19 miles behind the S. But again, none of this stuff really matters. What does matter, however, is the rate at which it'll charge. Again, as we discussed, I think it was in our last episode, range anxiety isn't really so much a thing anymore. I mean, again, most of today's, if not almost all of today's newer electric cars, starting at the Chevy Bolt price point of 35K and up, all of them pretty much have the same range as high-performance gasoline cars. As we mentioned last time, if you take a relatively late model BMW uh, E60 M5, that was the one with the spectacularly fantastic 5-liter V10 engine, there are countless, countless stories on the interwebs about most owners only getting between 180, 200 miles out of a out of an entire tank of gas. I mean, these things had laughably, comically, abysmally poor gas mileage. So, you know, now we've got electric cars that are easily getting 200 miles and up, and in some cases up to 400 miles. And with Porsche's new offering, we're going to start seeing 500 miles uh, to say nothing at all about what Tesla have promised in coming years. I mean, the point is range just isn't a thing. What is a thing, however, is charging rate. Uh, obviously, it's not so cool to sit around and wait 30 to 40 minutes for a charge. Yes, obviously, if you consider that most people are using supercharger stations, for example, when driving between, say, San Francisco to L.A. or, I don't know, Boston to D.C., you know, 30 to 40 minutes to get 80% worth of charge capacity isn't such a big deal if you, you know, if you charge it up while you've stopped to uh, grab a bite to eat, use the restroom, um, and so on. But But even if it doesn't make a practical matter, really, although of course it does, but even if it didn't, it really goes towards peace of mind. People just want to know they can get a good chunk of range out of the car in roughly the same amount of time it would take to fill up a gas tank. Now, as we all know, filling up a gas tank takes anywhere between five and 10 minutes. That said, I've definitely uh, experienced, admittedly very rarely, but I have experienced now and then gas pumps that are very weirdly slow, like on the order of 10 to 15 minutes for a tank. In fact, so slow that I've actually abandoned filling up the tank whenever I've encountered those. Um, 
So <laughs> this is all a very roundabout way of getting to the point here, which is how quick will this thing charge? Well, it turns out that the Jaguar I-Pace will get you 80% charge in 40 minutes using a 100 kilowatt charger. Um, so that's, that's pretty great. I mean, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of right in the ballpark of, of Tesla and everybody else. Again, it's not really in the same league at all as what Porsche have just announced um, with their new Mission E and Mission E CUV, which will handle 400 kilowatt chargers. Uh, these will be able to do 80% charge in just 15 minutes. Obviously, it's not really a fair thing to compare the two. Uh, the Porsche offerings are still another year or two out. Um, so let's just compare the iPace to the status quo, which is, of course, Tesla. And uh, really, this then makes for a very exciting year. I have to say, thinking about all this now, it really does look like everything is aligning as anticipated, as kind of foreseen. I mean, I, I, I'm not really actively keeping it up, but I had written, I had started a blog called Innovately. Uh, it was over at innovately.wordpress.com. Uh, you can check it out. I mean, a lot of the articles are fairly timeless in their nature. Um, and, you know, in at least one, if not several of the articles I had I had written really, you know, uh, concurring with a lot of the other experts out there, which is that indeed, we're going to really see a tipping point in the rollout of electric cars and by association uh, with autonomous cars, or at least autonomous car tech, um, in these next two to three years. So seeing this iPace joining the Tesla and seeing what other manufacturers have on the drawing boards, um, as I've written and as I will say again now, 2018, 19, and 20, uh, the next two years really are going to see just an explosive growth in this stuff. I mean, it's going to be really, really exciting. I mean, come the early 2020s, getting an electric car will be frankly, quite commonplace. Getting basic autonomous car tech will be at least very readily available. And the first of the fully autonomous, say level four and, and possibly even level five cars will be there within about five years. So this is a really exciting time. I mean, look, growing up as kids, I'm sure, and heck, maybe not even just as kids, even as adults, I think we've often sort of waxed nostalgic about what it must have been like to have grown up at the turn of the century, at the turn of the previous century, sorry, uh, the 19th, 20th century, uh, seeing the rollout of the first automobiles and how incredibly amazing that was and how romantic it must have been. And if you've ever had the good fortune to walk through, for example, um, say the Mercedes Museum in Stuttgart, you will have seen the, the, the beautiful sort of romantic look at the evolution of of, of the automobile, really of transportation for all of humanity. Indeed, their, their exhibition starts with a horse, appropriately enough. And it goes up through the whole history of, well, human transport innovation through the years. Um, the point is, we didn't get to experience that. And that would have been a surely remarkable time to have been alive. But we are going to experience this, this transition, not only to electric cars, but to fully autonomous cars. Again, it's I know I say this over and over again, but I just sometimes I feel that enough, enough people aren't saying it. This is going to be the biggest step change in human history since the Industrial Revolution. So, man, what an exciting time to be alive. Um, so, uh, all right, anyway, getting uh, way off point here. Uh, but yeah, that's the Jaguar I-Pace. Um, I'll come back with more information from the Geneva Auto Show as it relates to our program. And uh, there you have it. 
All right, so before we close out this uh, relatively shorter episode today, I wanted to leave you with one little thought. Um, I discovered a thing. Um, So there's a new company out there with a really intriguing name. It's called Ride OS. And the website, well, what little of website there is, is at rideos.ai. And their their tagline, which is really all you see on the homepage, um, is enabling the future of transportation. And what's really amazing to me is that if you consider the name, and including and especially the top-level domain, .ai, so rideos suggests something that I've often thought about in the past, this, this notion that as fully autonomous cars get fleshed out and start to roll out by the various auto manufacturers, I think what we're eventually going to see is probably some sort of, uh, you know, we're, we're going to see very likely, I think, a software platform, an operating system platform for these different cars to manage all the various systems. I, I don't think that it would make sense otherwise. I don't think it would make sense for every single manufacturer for the rest of time to be running their own software. I mean, huh, I, I, I guess it would make sense in certain cases with certain manufacturers. I sort of, I mean, continuing the analogy that Tesla <clears throat> is sort of the, the Apple for, uh, for electric and autonomous cars. Yes, I, I get that there's always going to be... Um, probably some standalones out there. <clears throat> but I don't think that that's mutually exclusive with the suggestion that there could very well become a widespread adoption of a sort of brand agnostic um, OS for fully autonomous cars. I mean, look, just by analogy, um, you know, we had this with DOS and Windows. We had it, we have it with Android for phones. Um, and so there's no reason to believe that a world in which we have a platform for fully autonomous cars uh, shouldn't exist. So I haven't really looked into this much yet. Uh, I intend to. I'm very eager to learn what's what about it. Um, I would encourage you to do the same. Uh, again, if you're listening on anchor.fm, go ahead and leave me some thoughts and messages, what you think about this. Not just the company itself, but really what you think about this this whole idea of having a um, a platform for autonomous cars. Um, but yeah, check it out. Again, that's rideos.ai. And uh, hopefully we can discuss more about this uh, later on in the program. All right, well, that'll do it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time, bye-bye.